Allow me to start us off with a question. If you could have anything your heart desires, absolutely anything your heart desires, what would you ask for? And will it satisfy you? I know we're in church and church is a place to be honest, right? So let's, let's not say I want Jesus. I mean, if that's what you feel, great. Celebrate it. I celebrate it. But hey, let's be honest. If I could have anything my heart desires today, what would it be? And will it satisfy me? Well, the passage that we're picking uh, today, that I've picked today, is written by a man who could actually have and actually went ahead and had everything his heart desired. And we're going to be reflecting on what his thoughts are after having received everything that his heart desired. It's taken from this book called Ecclesiastes. I know this this, this name will probably be weird if this is your first time. Um, it's, it's written centuries before Jesus came on earth. And, and the author, we don't know who the author exactly is. Uh, he identifies to himself as the preacher. Some suggest, based on the writing, that it could be King Solomon, um, uh, who was the wisest and the richest king of those times. Can I request someone to read uh, the passage, Cindy, if I can just take your help? It'll come up for us on the screen. It's from Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine my heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Thanks, Cindy. Let's just pray before we start. Holy Spirit, uh, standing right here, you currently know uh, the sin in my heart. Um, I pray that you would permeate all of that 
and and may the word that you have for us uh, may it reach every heart lord i don't know where each of our hearts are uh, uh, the, the 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 blessing that you know our hearts much better than we can ever uh, know uh, lord we we want to tap into that blessing this morning speak to our hearts at our points of need we need you jesus would you speak to us in your name we pray amen i've titled my talk the disappointment of pleasure uh if you read this book of ecclesiastes this is this 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 guy is just ranting for about 12 chapters and saying this is meaningless this is meaningless you'll if you don't know christ you might as well just like end up going opting for suicide because that's that's what he's saying this is meaningless i've done all this this is meaningless wisdom is meaningless money is meaningless all these good things are meaningless then what is the point right but there's some beauty hidden in this book and then i'd like to dig just a bit into that this morning the framework of the talk is 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 like this first we're going to be talking about our pursuit of pleasure second we will go into why don't our pleasures satisfy the third thing we're going to be looking at the source of all pleasure our pursuit uh, why don't our pleasures satisfy and the source of all pleasure let's let's dive straight in our pursuit of pleasure look at what this guy is saying come now i will test you with pleasure and i will enjoy myself we have made our lives it's all about our pursuit for pleasure it's all about things that we like isn't that the mantra of today you do you you do what makes you feel good you are not answerable to anyone what makes you feel good go for it our culture is all about that and this passage describes the said or unsaid goal of our lives look at verse 10 whatever my eyes desired i did not keep from them i kept my heart from no pleasure just imagine guys if this was a reality in your lives today isn't this what we work for to get to a place where we can literally be able to afford anything that we need anything that our family needs this is what we desire this is our heart's goal in doing all the things that we actually do for us for our families for our friends and look at how this pe- uh, this preacher pursued pleasure firstly he pursued it in his working um if you see verse 4 he said i made great works he said i built houses planted vineyards made myself gardens uh, uh made myself pools of water and and all these things he he had possessions of herds and flocks he was insanely successful and guys we do work for pleasure we do work for pleasure we definitely derive a lot of satisfaction from a job well done don't we and we keep talking about this in new city this is good work was meant to bring joy to our lives and bring pleasure to our hearts and i know that in this broken world this joy and this pleasure is not always there right we crib about work we we complain about work work is not perfect our bosses are not perfect the situations that we are in are not perfect but hey did you notice 
whenever we talk about our struggles of work, our complaints go on these lines. Hey, I have a tough boss, man. Hey, he's making me work the weekend, man. Hey, uh, you know, the work pressure is unending, man. Like, I can't, I'm not able to face it. And this is, this is how our complaining usually goes. And these are harsh realities. But there's another kind of problem that we totally ignore. How many of us say, hey, I'm enjoying my work so much that I'm not able to draw boundaries. It's eating into every other part of my life. It's, it's eating up into my family time. My whole life has become about this. I'm enjoying it way too much. Did we ever complain? We do work for pleasure. And I know that our work in this broken world is not perfect. And, and, and uh, the problem is not that we are working hard. The problem is we are working hard towards something we don't like. That's when the problem comes. So my limited point is we do work for pleasure. We do work for pleasure. And what, this, is, this is what the preacher is saying. The second thing he finds pleasure in is in his playing and partying. Uh, look at verse 2. He said, I, I said, oh, he tried laughter. He, he, had, he tried wine. Um, he, he had silver gold. He got singers. He got concubines. He's basically tried it all. And if you see verse 7, he says, few days of the, the, the life has very few days. In millennial Gen Z lingo, he's basically saying life is short, YOLO. <laughs> I've done it, been there, done that, bro. That's, that's exactly what this guy is saying. Hey, but what is wrong with our partying and playing? What is wrong? One of the things he mentions is laughter. And I absolutely love stand-up comedy. I don't know how many of you like stand-up comedy. And, and I was listening to this bunch of comedians talk. And one of them, actually I've heard a lot of them say, but I'm quoting one of those guys. He said, we have so much to be sad about. Comedy is an escape from reality. We have so much to be sad about. Comedy is an escape from reality. Hey, this is what we made our partying and playing about. We have reduced all the pleasure that we derived, that we derived from our partying and playing to a mere escape from reality. God wants us to have real pleasure even through this, guys. It's, it's, it's not a mere escape from reality. And this is not just about comedy. You and I know Currently, Netflix and Instagram are probably the highest or, or the most used escapes from reality. The moment something bad is happening, I'm subconsciously on my phone scrolling through Instagram. Before I know it, I've, I've seen like 50 posts and I'm like, whoa, how did this come here? The moment something sad happens, we're, we're on Netflix. And these have become escapes from reality. The moment things start getting bad, I tell my wife, baby... I need a break. Let's go on a vacation. Our vacations have also become an escape from reality. We made all our partying and playing about escaping from reality. And then that is how we corrupted our, even our partying and playing. We have reduced the joy and pleasure of playing to just an escape from reality. And, then, and this is how the preacher found his joy, his pleasure in working and playing. 
Let's look at why don't these pleasures satisfy? Why don't these pleasures satisfy? He says, but behold, this was also vanity after trying all of this. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Why don't our pleasures satisfy? Why is the preacher talking like this? Aren't these all inherently good? Work, food, music, wine. Okay, this guy is not even getting drunk. He's saying my wisdom is still intact. (laughs) I've had my drinks. My wisdom is still intact. And yeah, he's tried some sinful pleasures as well. But for the most part, he tried all the good ones. Why don't these good things satisfy us? The key phrase for us to understand in that verse is under the sun, which is the perspective of the fallen world without God. So he's talking about absolutely good pleasures, but in the absence of God. He's talking about godless pleasures. And he describes it with this one word, vanity. He uses this word 38 times in these 12 chapters. The Hebrew word for vanity means hebel, means vapor. It gives us a picture of something fleeting, ephemeral, elusive. That doesn't mean it doesn't give us pleasure. But the more we chase it, the more we cannot grasp it. Isn't that so true? Isn't this frustrating? We've experienced this. The the pay raise we get, the promotion we get, the promotion that we've labored for fails to satisfy us for long. Before before the end of that financial year, we're looking forward to the next pay raise. What What we have tried chasing and grasping has just gone off. The vacation that we look look forward to so much goes by frustratingly quick and you're back to the grind. To help us understand why this is happening, it's it's also helpful to see how Paul describes this situation. He really seemed to have grasped it well. The the Greek translation of vanity, hebel, the word hebel, it translates into Greek uh, and, and the meaning is it's subject to futility. Right? He uses it in his famous passage for the creation was subject to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Friends, what the preacher in Ecclesiastes and Paul are saying is describing the reality of living in this fallen world. What we forget is the whole creation, not just humans, is subject to futility. What this means is that the most beautiful sunrise you have ever seen in your life is still not as beautiful as it is supposed to be. What this means is the the most delicious food that I have eaten in my life is still not as tasty as it could be. The best mansion that I can buy and tell you, right? It's still not as awesome as it could be. Because all of it is subject to futility. 
and is waiting to be set free from its bondage to corruption. This is the reality of living in this broken world. They are all weak and powerless in themselves to provide the satisfaction that our hearts long for. Friends, are we living lives that show this reality? That the best life that we can live is not possible until Jesus comes. The best life is yet to come. That the thing that we most hope for is not of this world. It's in the world still to come. Aren't we all guilty of living lives that show that uh, I, I can be satisfied with this thing. I can be satisfied with this thing. Aren't we all guilty of not showing that whatever this world has to offer, it cannot satisfy me. My best life is still to come. You know, it really shows in how much we celebrate our earthly victories and and, uh, crushed by our earthly failures. I've seen this in my life. In the last couple of weeks that we've been trying to do this in-person service, the day all the tech falls in place and it's a seamless service. Dude, that week I'm flying. Nothing can stop me. And it drives me. It drives everything that I do that week. I've done it. The week, for example, like the last week, when something doesn't work, that crushes me, guys. it's, It's difficult to wake up the next morning. I am living a reality which says that this in-person service can satisfy what my heart is longing for. Whereas forgetting that the perfect church service is impossible on this side of eternity. The perfect church service will happen when all the nations of the earth will, will gather together in front of Christ in eternity and worship him. And that they, no church service on earth can compare to that. And that is what our hearts are longing for. D.A. Carson, uh, an amazing Bible scholar, is reflecting on this book of Ecclesiastes where this guy is going on saying, this is meaningless, this is meaningless, this is meaningless. when When he was reflecting on this book of Ecclesiastes, he says this, by the end of the book, after scraping away the, the, the detritus of life, he hits bedrock, God himself. And here and there, along the way, he allows us glimpses of a divine perspective that transcends the meaninglessness. But he takes his time getting there. And then he says this, for we must feel the depressing weight of all the questing visions that do not begin with God. We must feel the depressing weight. Hey, if this is the point of the book, we will do grave injustice if we rush to Christ immediately without considering the depressing weight of what we are hoping for. We'll end up using Christ as a means to this thing. Let's not rush to Christ. Let's look at what we are putting our hopes on that are constantly, that are constantly um, failing our expectations. Hey, in this season of my life, we have an incredible joy of a baby uh, ahead of us. But I'll be very honest with you. Deep inside, my heart lurks this fear. Will I be able to provide for this family? All my childhood stories 
everything is preaching to my heart currently saying if you have more money you will enjoy this blessing more if you have more money you will enjoy this blessing more what it is preaching to me is if i had more finances my security would have been in place my need for security would have been satisfied that is what it is preaching to me it is so hard for me to look at money now and say hey you don't satisfy me because it is it is satisfying my need for security i'm asking the holy spirit would you help me not derive my security from my finances hey what is it that you are looking for to satisfy the desires of your heart shall we consider that for a moment let that depressing weight that it will never satisfy us come upon our hearts even as we think about it this morning once we've considered it it could it could be uh, in the shape of companionship if only i had someone to love if i had a if i had a wife it could be in the form of hey if if only my if if only my work was more recognized if i had more fame i i'll be satisfied if if only people knew me for who i am shall we look to christ and repent of this and shall we go to him as the source of all our pleasure the preacher in this very chapter says this there is nothing better for a person than he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil this also i saw is from the hand of god for apart from him who can eat or who can have enjoyment if there's no eating or drinking or enjoyment apart from him why does he still continue to grant us these pleasures of life we don't deserve it is we have clearly chosen to find our pleasure apart from him our pursuit for all these good things have been apart from him why does he keep on giving us keep on giving us these pleasures so that so that uh, our hearts can be satisfied why does he do that he does that because of this ultimate source of pleasure which came from over the sun to under the sun he lived and he dwelt in this world that is subject to vanity and futility hey he introduced us to real pleasures guys uh, jesus he introduced us like like that amazing quality wine that he gave at the wedding which came at the end and which overflowed that is a pointer to the overflowing eternal pleasures in him when he when he provided that five, uh, food for the 5000 and the baskets were left over that is about overflowing pleasures eternal pleasures in him like at the well when he met that woman and he said if you drink this water you will never thirst again he pointed us to the real pleasures in him you see every good pleasure that we have on this earth is designed to give us a tangible taste of the nature and the character of god himself the moment it doesn't lead us there it will never satisfy us we have lost the point of it all 
we started chasing these pleasures and as an end in themselves apart from god so jesus willingly took the result of the life that we have chosen apart from god because that cross was the place where all the curses that we deserved for choosing the life apart from god went on the cross the god the father turned away it was clearly the the epitome of epitome of the place where it was devoid of anything from the father he, he just turned his face away and all the curses were laid on jesus and he went through the punishment so that from there flows the eternal pleasures at his right hand that we will never as sinners we will never be left lacking friends this should change the way we enjoy these great things of life while everyone eats something amazing and says wow this is great and stops there it should lead us to think hey what have i done for god to infuse such amazing flavors and put it in front of me a sinner this is his goodness every good pleasure on earth is designed to give us a tangible taste of the nature and character of god our satisfaction is complete only when it leads us to worship him if it's not leading us to worship him our pleasures will never satisfy i want to close with a quote from uh, cs lewis uh from his book called the screw tape letters this is an amazing book where he writes fictional uh, where this devil is writing fictional letters to a junior devil telling him how to tempt these humans and and why it is so hard to do so and and in one such letter cs lewis is saying he is a hedonist at heart he's talking about god here all those fasts and vigils and stakes and crosses are only a facade or only like a foam on the seashore out at sea out in his sea there is pleasure and more pleasure he makes no secret of it at his right hand are pleasures forevermore there are things for humans to do all day long without his minding in the least sleeping washing eating drinking making love playing praying working and look at this everything has to be twisted before it's of any use to us this is what the devil is saying every good thing has to be twisted before it's of any use to us hey this morning christ is inviting us to surrender all our twisted and unsatisfying pleasures to him and get a real taste of what they were meant to be in him can we do that all our twisted unsatisfying pleasures can we get it to the feet of jesus allow me to pray even as i close father we want to thank you because at your right hand are pleasures forevermore and only those can satisfy us lord we repent 
we repent for chasing these good and amazing things apart from you as a, as an end in themselves and time and again being disappointed and unsatisfied we have we have been stupid lord holy spirit would you help us to come to jesus and surrender would you help us come to jesus and say these are not satisfying me help me to enjoy them the way you want me to we surrender lord we surrender in your name we pray jesus amen